So do you remember that jacked dude in the search of the No, I, yeah. He's a life coach now, and that's one of the things that he preaches. And he's also started doing this thing with how long he can hold his breath for. That's mad. that's the way. <laughs> that's, 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 that's massive. Method. Yeah, yeah. It's that. Oh. I'm honestly no. certain that he's about to start a cult. No. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Be careful with the kind of stuff that you get. You that kind of stuff I'm is mad. It. But yeah, I'm, I'm just just cleaning. For some of you out there, that's upper body and legs. <laughs> 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 the water. The water won't just take, gravity won't just take care of it. Yeah, did you hear that, Nick? That's, oh, wow. No, stop it. Not Government your, name. Not your Osban. Yeah, I'm calling him out. Welcome to <laughs> another episode of Black in a Box. The world is told by black faces in white spaces. How are you, Alana? I'm, uh, how am I? I want to answer, answer this authentically. But yeah, I think I am good. I'm in a really good space right now. Um, in the process of decluttering my life. So, you know, feeling lighter, feeling fresh. Good to go. Yeah, I thought you'd not text me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite cutting to find out you were part of the clutter. <laughs> Dom. Yeah, man, all good, all good. Been a mad start to 2022. But in some very good news, me and Jan have just got a flat together. But, 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 but. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so um, man's growing up in that. Um, yeah, I need so to start, do I need to start pressing a suit? Maybe. maybe. Oh. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's been a lot of demands from various family members and everything, but oh, now yeah. we're, um, we're taking it calm one step at a time. But yeah, that happens from April. We just signed on it the other day, so. Fantastic. Exciting. Let's just have a moment of silence for Joe. <laughs> oh man, you're out of order. <laughs> Joe's my flatmate. That's for you, Joe. <laughs> that's you. But I've, I've lived with Nash for 10 years and that's coming to an end. Crikey. So that's longer than I've ever done anything consecutively. Mm. So, you know. End of an era this year, right? Or end of an era. <laughs> Everyone's catching strays today. <laughs> uh, nah, not at all, not at all. Nothing but love for for Adam Nash. Jello, good to see you in person. Yeah, yeah. As for how I am, you know that scene in the Matrix where they press the button and then all the guns come and he just loads up the straps? <laughs> this next hour is gonna be fun. Oh no. I've, I've never seen you chill. I was gonna say, let's kick things off. Oh, don't you dare. Can I take the baton? Don't you dare. Can I, can I, can I, can I make it clear I go one-on-one? On one? You've got that. So, okay, let's start by talking about... <laughs> no, let's, no, no, let's do it. So let's start talking about Zuma. Should we start with Zuma? Oh, yeah, Kurt yeah, Zuma. Yeah, yeah. So for those, well, no, I don't even need to give you for those I'm you sorry, don't know. I'm so gone with that. <laughs> yeah, I do. If, if you follow our podcast, you know about Kurt Zuma, a footballer for West Ham. There was a video that his brother, uh, Johan, shot of him uh, abusing uh, a cat. Um, it's a terrible thing. Everybody agrees that it's very, very bad. Um, I didn't realize that he betrayed Jesus Christ <laughs> because there's two things. We, we always talk about the, we have to be able to walk and chew gum. Should he be condemned for what he did? Absolutely. Do we live in a world where you cannot do that? Absolutely. Has the response been hmm, a little bit outsized when we still live in a world where a literal alleged rapist plays for one of the top teams in terms of money that's taken in on the planet playing in this country. 
Absolutely. And someone around this table's boyfriend or husband Stop queued it. up Stop to go it. and watch him leave his hotel room not so long ago. Stop it. And I've Stop not it. given Nick any shit for that, but I was so disappointed when I saw that on social media. So, no, but but let's, let's be fully serious. <laughs> let's be fully serious. He he, You shouldn't do that to animals, but I sent a clip around our group chat today. There's a clip from about 10 years, 11 years ago where... First of all, this idea that black people don't like animals has to dead. First of all, like we, it's not like all black people are here like, yeah, man, fuck them cats. Like that's not how we move for the first, first of all, he should be rightly condemned for that. But when we have alleged rapists playing, when we have convicted sex offenders who were getting signed by clubs in Scotland, we, we know there's a double standard and you can link it to the Brian Flores case where Brian Flores raises a case against the NFL. The first thing they do is say this is completely baseless. The second thing they do is say that we have failed when it comes to race. I'm tired of being put in this position where it's like, it's not either or. We can walk and chew gum. Kurt Zuma should be uh, condemned for what he does, but I didn't see lots of sponsors pulling out when Luis Suarez was getting convicted twice. Um, and the, the argument I've seen going on around on Twitter of, well, it's a different time now. And if it happened now, then people would be pulling out. Did I not see the England football team have being kind of a, a, like racially abused last year? And it was it was a fine that the four of us collectively could pay without too much damage. <laughs> and, and we ain't rich like that, like that. So we need to stop. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because I feel and this is my problem with this, people conflating too many issues and there are too many instances where there are false equivalences. And for me, that weakens uh, a future ability to make a, a more, I'd say, robust case for racism to be treated as seriously as it should be. If it's not being treated seriously now, and then in this instance where a guy is literally caught bang to rights, doing something and then you're pointing to the fact that he's being treated badly compared to other people who should have also been treated terribly. I just don't think that is a way that you're strengthening an argument in the future. However, I'll caveat that by saying, if people don't care by now about racism, it doesn't can, it doesn't matter. And I, I get that argument. With the England football team example, I'm in marketing. If the, if the people paying for stuff start to complain, then the sponsors are going to pull out. In, uh, the Yorkshire Cricket Club thing, when it, because it was so public, because it was so out in the open, when they pulled, when people started complaining about it on social media and people started adding in sponsors, they all had to go. They didn't care up until the, they were getting added in social media and they were getting clicks and they were getting dragged into everything. That's when they went. Vitality did the same thing in that case a few months ago, which is why now, as soon as people start saying their name, they'll just pull out of the of, of the picture. Um, what that then means is that it's society who aren't bothered about racism rather than the sponsors not being bothered. I wouldn't ever expect them to be bothered about anything other than the bottom line. That's just the yeah. way the system goes for me. Um, I think at this point, I'll hand it over. Well, yeah, just because if you... Uh, so I... Yeah, I see both of your points, but this actually kind of reminds me of when we were discussing um, the Sarah Everard case. And again, not the same topic, but kind of similar mentalities there when we were talking about it's horrible, it points to a greater 
issue within our society um and it's definitely something that deserves attention but it's i feel like only natural as for me i'll speak for myself as a black woman it was only natural after that to feel like okay but if this was a black woman like would this be getting any response at all so i don't i understand what you're saying about not trying to make things equivalent but i can also see how in this situation as a black person, I'm not going to speak on behalf of, you know, sponsors or anything, because as you say, it's about the bottom line. But um, I could see how black people would be like, right, here's, you know, white people giving more of a shit about a cat than they do about black people being gunned down or being treated with racism. It's like, to me, they're both two different kinds of abuse. It's just one's abuse of an animal, cruelty of an animal. One might be verbal or physical or psychological abuse of somebody else. And so I could see, I mean, do I think the backlash is a bit, I don't know. I think the discourse is a bit extra, but I also understand I'm, why it's happening. The, the backlash is justified, but as my sister is fond of saying, I need you to keep the same energy. Like yeah, what, yeah. what he did is, I'm you will not see me defend it. I love animals. I just need that same energy when it's when it's people regardless because it's not just black people also in the news has been the joke about Jimmy Carr and his joke against the gypsy Roman traveler community. Mm. I need the same energy. The same people that are laughing in his audience about that joke are the same people that are like Kurt Zuma. Do you know what I mean? I mean, do you know what I mean though? Like you look at him, it looks like he might be the one to kick an animal, don't he? I'm not being funny, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, but Gypsy Remy Travelers, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I need you to keep the same energy. And it's an old stereotype, right? Like it is, a, it's a stereotype for a reason, this idea that like, oh, white people care so much about, you know, save the donkeys, but then anything about Black Lives Matter, it's like, it just doesn't seem like it matters as much. Can I please put the Patrice clip in here, Dom? I'm a, what they, I don't know what the term is for uh, extreme animal lover. Like I, I get sick when I see animals suffering and I know that's contrary to popular belief somehow. Somehow it's spread out that uh, black people, we, like, we hate animals. <laughs> like we can't stand dogs and cats and I, I don't get it. That's the news doing that. Cause they only show dudes that hate dogs. Like when the Vic stuff was happening, what do you think of Michael Vick and the dog? They just show every dude they show is like, mm, dogs, man, dogs. I'll, I'll drown a dog in a bucket right now. We give me a dog. Where's a where's a dog at? I'll kill him. I hate dogs. I hate dogs. And then they'll show a white woman like tongue kissing a dog in the mouth, just to prove white people love dogs. And then they go back to him and he's mad. Like, look at this dirty white bitch tongue kissing. Devil, devil bitch tongue kissing a, a jackal in the mouth. <laughs> devil licking jackals and then she's like, shad. It's like, some weird war. They always want black people and white people to be at war, man, for some reason. And just beforehand, it's dumb. I will we'll caveat by saying cat and bin woman. She was, oh, yeah. she was vilified and she that got it, true. she got it by that. So that is the other side That's of the balance. Yeah. This is the thing, this is such, this is such a, a like a, a, a rare incident. There's nothing to compare it to. It's like, wild. It's, it's, it's absolutely wild. flagrant. That's a flagrant six or something. Like. <laughs> you would never, Four I would never, I need just want, you, it, that's the weirdest thing about it. 
that is the strangest thing about it. And none of this would have happened <laughs> if West Ham would have just, say, suspended for X amount of time whilst we sort this out and didn't play him on Monday. It would have been. It wouldn't have been half as bad. I promise you that now. But they're they're them trying to ignore it and say, well, it's about we've got the best players on the pitch. That just riled up everybody. Mm-hmm. That's no different, is it, from the sponsors pulling out? Because at the end of the day, the bottom line is a results business for them. Exactly the same with the sponsors pulling out because the result for them is their money. So where is the difference? The the difference is, and as, as I've written in an article this year, <laughs> football clubs and. A business you've got you answer to other pe- other things other stakeholders when football clubs are treated like a business what happens everyone starts crying oh you can't let my football club go out of control it means so much more because they 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 do it's it's a part of a community they have this is why when you have players that like do like go out and let's say a player attacks a, a woman you've got a women's team mm. now what are you saying it's you shouldn't be, and you want to keep playing that player, even though you've got a women's team, even though you've got girls' teams, even though you've got like mascots and stuff? You've got bigger responsibilities than just like we need to get a win on Saturday because he's probably not going to play the next game now. They're going to have to suspend him at some point, which is the which is the weird thing. So that result was important, but but then the that suspension result. means absolutely nothing because we can see why they're suspending him. So my my, my point is that football clubs are businesses. They really are businesses. They represent or used to represent communities, but they're businesses. And West Ham will be looking at the fact that they're in a top four race right now. The financial impact of them getting top four is more important than the community which they used to represent. This is what clubs always clubs always think this. The football then... club is going to be there after the fans. <laughs> That's the reality of it. They get their money from Sky. Well, you tell that to Derby County. <laughs> is the football club going to be there? And that's the thing. If if it's if it's just if it's a business, then what happens when the club goes out of business? I hear what you're saying, Dan, about kind of well, talk about Derby County, but Derby County, why are Derby County in the position that they're in? Because they went all out to get promotion. But also the other thing is, is that you know when you go down to the local common or the local, and you see that's that is the spirit of football. If you support Man United, you are supporting a brand. If mm-hmm. you support Man City, you're supporting a brand. There's a reason that American billionaires are buying Aston Villa. There's a reason that Mike Ashley got involved in Newcastle because it is an international business. Look at Newcastle fans. You can say Newcastle fans are the most died in the wall fans, um, and yet when the takeover happened, they were delighted. It doesn't matter where that money comes from. And, exactly. and and that does play into why Zuma played. Because I tell you what, if West Ham are in the Champions League because they got a result when he was playing, they know that in a year or two it will fade. But the money that they've made and the prestige that they've made for being a Champions League team will is more important. Way more important. I, well, we'll, we will see. We will see. Champions League for one season is not going to be remembered. It will be for West Ham. The, the, uh, I don't think so. Because you get knocked out the, the qualifying stage and then it's just it's, then it's nothing. It's the, the, but what the stench of how you respond to a crisis among like fan bases and among football, it's it stays with you. Yeah, like, you're right. You Liverpool can... have been really hurt by how they <laughs> responded with Suarez. You're right. You're, you're, Man United are in just deep, imagine deep if they went out wearing Justice for Zuma t-shirts what? before they played the other night. I'm being flippant, but you know what I'm saying. But except for the fact the fact you're citing these back at me, suggested that the, the stench is still there. 
Of course. Well, if no, but no, because what I'm saying is Liverpool handled the Suarez thing horrendously. They have gone from strength to strength. It hasn't affected them. Yeah, not at all. In any way. Of course. Well, not in football in terms. It's not. I'm not saying it's going to have an effect in football in terms. What? But it's I'm had a, an effect on the hearts and minds of the nation. Like no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. We'll talk about it. It now. doesn't last very long. Honestly, there'll be a story in the Premier League in a few weeks' time. And this will be completely forgotten. Or I think but it, it, it sticks more to the person who's committed the, the, mm, the thing than it does to the actual club. Yeah. To finish this and line it up though, can we all appreciate, and Dom, you can play the clip again. Chris Kirkson knew that he was about to say some wild <laughs> shit before he said it. And then he was like, stay safe I'm, I'm here now, now. I'm, I'm here now, I gotta go. He jumped in two footed. And I respect anybody that knows they're about to make a mistake and then does it like he can He can catch these hands, but it was funny. The FA for me, if it was a racism case, the FA have, have, have stepped in, banned players, six, 10 games, fighting, six, 10 games. What is the, this is worse, if anything? What is the difference? This is against a, a, a defenseless animal that cannot defend themselves. So, why are the FA have not stepped in to ban him for this as well? Is is beyond disbelief. Do anyone does anyone know why Chris Kirkland was on Good Morning Britain or whatever he was on to talk about Kazuma? <laughs> I don't know. There must be like a list of people who the it's just a bit John mad. Barnes wasn't answering the phone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got quite far down. Didn't 2022 it, and Barnes is still catching these hands. <laughs> I will say this. I think it is overblown, but if I'd have said that, we wouldn't have been talking all this time. I mean, I, actually, I just saw on the way here, his, his brother... Who, yeah, fil- who filmed it has Thank been also been suspended. Well, actually been suspended. Actually been suspended for yeah. recording it and for will not be allowed to play until the RSPCA for, is uh, concluded for doing what? investigation. He was a whistleblower. For recording it. He's actually he was saved a, two cuts. He was a whistleblower. He saved two cuts. Well, he recorded it. He's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly said the most of all. <laughs> Stop it. What you're doing is you're looking. Look, Stop looking for clickbait. Look. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is <coughs> if he if he looked a bit yeah, if he looked a bit different, you know, they'd be putting him on money. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's probably good to to move on to on the topic of looking a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes some people feel like they need to apologise for looking a bit different. And, of course, I'm talking about Tandy Newton. Who? You better <laughs> say her name correctly. Tandy Newton. <laughs> Tandy Way Newton. <laughs> Tandy Way Newton. Um, this was the one, this is probably the most unprovoked <laughs> outburst I've seen in many months. Really, like, aggressively unprovoked. Have you seen that meme where the guys, there's a guy standing at urinal and there's like 10 urinals to his right? <laughs> yeah. And then there's it's like a comic book frame, and the next frame down, a guy walks in the room, then the next frame guy, down, the, the guy's halfway across, and the next frame down, the guy's right next to him. <laughs> he walks past every, like, unused urinal to go to the toilet next to him, and then he's just. You just put in whatever. I've like, seen that one. Yeah. J. Cole went yeah. platinum with no features. <laughs> J. Cole went platinum with no features. Just unprovoked from J. Cole fans. But that's what it felt like 
just out of nowhere. Yeah. Just Tandy when you and aggressively apologizing for for being a beautiful, talented, loved, successful woman. She can't help it that she's popular. <laughs> this is unfortunate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm booked and busy. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm taking all your men and I'm sorry I'm the chosen one. Which man's she taking? Uh, like, know. she has been happily married to somebody that isn't one of their men. Like, what What? What are we doing? Literally no idea. Um, no, in all seriousness, in fact, you know what? Somebody else take, take this, because... <laughs> I think, oh God, everyone's looking at me. Okay. I just want to speak to <laughs> my lighter, complected brown people for a moment and just say, Please stop it. Please stop it because the feeling that I feel listening to some of the light-skinned antics recently must be akin to what some good-hearted white people feel <laughs> when somebody allies. some allies feel <laughs> when someone else just says something wild. It's just I've never felt this feeling before and I just it it needs to stop, I think. Um but yeah, in all seriousness, I I felt just kind of embarrassed watching this because it was, as you said, Dan, totally unnecessary. And it was like, she fully breaks down. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Who is telling her that she's stealing their men and stealing their jobs? I mean, I know that this has been something in a discourse recently just about Hollywood in general. And this has kind of been some buzzwords happening now, but it just seems sort of completely out of left field. And I guess my initial reaction was like, clearly she feels guilty, but I would hope that in this day and age, we've had enough conversations about, about race and specifically about white people and their guilt about, you know, historically their relationship to, to blackness or to brownness or basically anyone who was othered. And I would have thought we have gotten to the point where we acknowledge that guilt doesn't get you anywhere. Like nobody needs your guilt. Nobody needs you to feel sorry. You just need to recognize where you are privileged and everybody has different pr privileges, right? Like everybody, whether you're dark skin, light skin, white, whatever, you all have a certain degree of privilege. Um, and I don't think anyone is expecting someone like Tandy to just not use her privilege, but it's about acknowledging it. And I guess also allowing space for other people who don't share that mm. same privilege yeah. to have equal opportunities. And one person who I think does this really well in the public eye, but is still learning is someone like Zendaya, light-skinned actress. And she has publicly talked about how she recognizes her privilege and she um, works with her agents to, you know, turn down roles that she doesn't think are appropriate for her because they should go to a dark-skinned woman. Um, but she's learning in a way that feels really genuine. Whereas this thing with Tandy just felt so disingenuous, like not helpful, just not helpful at all. My light skinnedness has been more problematic than being black. It's been way more problematic than being black in my life, literally. <laughs> I'm just gonna, audience, just smart, you can digest that for yourselves. I think, first of all, it's like, it must be very difficult being famous and working your way through these issues in the public eye. It's quite clear to anybody watching that, that there's more than what she has said is going on in her life. 
Um, maybe she told on herself this line about taking your black men from you. I was under the impression that she was married to a guy named Old Parker, who is a white guy. Um, so maybe she's kind of talking about infidelity. We don't we don't know the answer to that. There is always more than we see in that moment. That said. <laughs> That said, I think that it is about time that we talked about colorism because a lot of the racial progress that we often champion isn't necessarily the racial progress that it seems. Um, I thought it was really funny that Kenya Barris um, kind of decided that after Blackish he was going to make Mixedish. When I was like, "Well, hold on a second, <laughs> aren't a lot of the <laughs> principal actors in Blackish?" Kind of mixed this. Yeah. Have I, have I? Did I? Did I? Did I? Did I miss something there? Um, and and it's this idea of just like it's about proximity to whiteness is always the thing, and we can do it in different ways. Um, I am not scared when a police officer approaches me anymore because I discovered that the voice that you hear me with kind of is very disarming to them because I have that proximity to public school whiteness. And you best believe when the police come, I turn it up. Oh, I'm, I'm extremely sorry enough, so what seems to be the problem here? <laughs> I fuck that, I get worse. <laughs> but, 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 you, but so this idea of proximity to whiteness, and it's something that we, you know, we know we, we, we in 2019 when we started this, we were talking about code switching. And, and it's an idea of surviving within this world. Our tagline is, you know, the world is seen by black faces in white spaces. We're so perfectly aware of what is going on. I think the problem with what um, Newton said is that she centered herself in it. And and I'm sure she didn't mean it to come across this way, but to my ears, it kind of sounded like, see, dark, these dark-skinned black women ain't shit, but I've managed to persevere despite them trying to shit on me. That's the way it kind of came across to my ears. Um, and it was also the way, as you know, we like to recommend people that say it better than we do. Um, and we've, but if you're not if you're not reading Nadine White by now and you've been listening to this podcast from the start, I just don't like you. Um, Nadine White, who is the only full-time race correspondent for a national newspaper, writes now for The Independent, uh, wrote a uh, brilliant uh, article um, just saying that Tandiwe Newton's tearful speech shows we need to tackle colorism and making the point that mixed race and lighter skinned black people often benefit from colorism through their proximity to whiteness and again made that point that centering yourself in that discussion is some real Karen behavior she didn't say that but I'm translating um yeah. well yeah because I, I mean again just speaking from my own experience if I were to really and this is like me really trying to be sort of compassionate and empathetic I mean I I think I don't know what the intention was but it, it was obviously a swing and a miss but if I were to play devil's advocate I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of sort of demonization from people who are darker than me because of the privileges that I have. But I think it is, like I said, important to recognize that it really is a privilege and understanding where that comes from, like where those feelings come from and not taking them personally and recognizing that the real culprit of this issue is white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really not about me as a light-skinned person versus you as a dark-skinned person. It's about us 
still living in the system of white supremacy that, as you said, the closer we are in proximity to whiteness, we are valued greater in society, which, um, yeah, is obviously bullshit. But um, another thing that I thought was really interesting, so I was listening to um, some podcast, and I, I will try to find the source and maybe put in the description or something, but this woman, she was talking about in Hollywood this idea of getting rid of the one drop rule mm -hmm. and this idea of how if you have a drop of black in you, you are black. And, you know, if you're a director or you're a producer, you want to choose somebody who's more palatable. But if you still want to hit that diversity quotient, yeah. you're going to go for the person who's like, you know, got just the drop of black in them and say that that person's black. But then not only does that obviously limit the opportunities for people who are darker skinned, but it also erases sort of the nuance nuances of being biracial or multiracial. It it takes like strips that away. It's, yeah, Dan. Yeah. And that annoys me because it almost ignores the spectrum of experience within that within that sort of within blackness. Um and they're all equally valid and I think they all need to be understood like it, to a certain group you're all just you're all just niggas <laughs> but mm. within certain other groups and it wasn't us that came up with the one drop rule exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, it really it winds me up a little bit because I've been having conversations on and off with my little brother who's mixed for the last god knows how long um, but we've really started to make some progress because it seemed as though both of us felt like the other was trying to explain what our own situation was like and what our own experience was like, which is often the case when you have a conversation on something like this because it is so emotional. It's so emotive that when you start speaking about your experiences, it is very difficult to not censor yourself and not to try and make yourself sound like a victim because in some instances, we are all victims of this, that there's a spectrum of exactly what that looks like. And it felt like to me, like Tandy Newton and what she was trying to say, just started to bitch about black women, dark skinned black women. And that's a shit that I don't like. Mm. Because these are your people. These are your people, whether you like it or not. If you go up to a white person from fucking Millwall down the road, you're no different from those dark skinned black women. So don't bite the hand that feeds you. That's the kind of shit that I don't like. It, yeah, and, and just the way she framed it, like the whole way it came about was she's, obviously promoting this new film, God's Country, where the lead role was changed from a man to a black woman. And then she's a black woman and then they've cast Tandy Wayne Newton. And then within that role, this is the first role where she's using her like full name and not shortening it or trying to make it colorless for Hollywood. And she's talked about going on this journey and reclaiming herself and I'm like, and it just makes me think like, hang on, is that the process that you've gone through? You're like, oh, uh, as I am now a black woman, I can now understand <laughs> what went on before. I am sorry to all you poor other black women that, and then she just obviously goes into a diatribe about stealing men and jobs and all that stuff. And it's, mm. it's it comes across as very, very patronizing to me. Yeah. To me, it honestly sounds like, um, you know, when somebody like has been getting a lot of flack maybe from darker skinned women and they're just fucking tired of it yeah. <laughs> they're just like it, i'm sick of, i i don't like the way that you're making me feel about myself so fuck you yeah. it sounded like the second it's like this it was like the second half of a conversation that we never heard yeah yes <laughs> That's how yes. I saw it, honestly yes like, 
I, I don't know where the first bit of that was, yeah. but she was sick of it, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. She'd had enough. Dickhead. Yeah, I'm not going to give her any more crap than I gave like Andre Gray, because I don't know if you remember that, when his uh, comment, do you remember when he kind of, the tweets, old tweets came up? And he mm. said that a dark skin, well, a dark skin black woman wearing lipstick looks like burnt toast with jam on it. Um, but I guess because he's not, not very popular, not not a big footballer, we're just going to ignore it. So I think her platform makes this the re is obviously the reason that we're talking about it. But again, let's not kind of pile entirely on the woman when no, we no, know I, there are men out that. here I saying one hundred percent completely out of pocket. But stuff. that's that's what makes it annoying because these. These people, these celebrities that have such a profile, that have such an audience, whether they like it or not, they've got a responsibility. And I would hate to have that pressure, personally. Mm -hmm. I'd hate to think that when I say something candidly, and it wasn't even that candid. I mean, it didn't seem like it was provoked that much. There are gonna be thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are listening to what you're saying. So please think a little bit deeper, do a little bit of research, because it's a really important debate. It's an important debate for white people to listen to, to, and it's an important debate for black people, the spectrum of colors within the black di within the diaspora within black people to actually have that conversation because I'm still learning. Mm. Half of my family is mixed, and I'm still learning. I got a question: uh, Is uh, Tandiwe Newton's uh, rev like unprovoked revelation here? Uh, is it more or less damaging than when Liam Neeson talks about? <laughs> Um, wanting to <laughs> wanting to go around just shanking a black guy, which again was a, for in a movie a movie junket a movie presser and was completely unprovoked. Which was worse? I think uh, worse is the wrong thing. <laughs> the, the weird thing is the Liam Neeson one. I it, he was talking about th an actual thing. It was an actual candid story. So that was why that was so out of the pocket because <laughs> I was like, you just confessed to like attempted murder. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> so, go and see God's Country. Um, <laughs> Our sponsor for this episode. <laughs> we are looking for a sponsor, so, you know, the studio. We can edit that bit out if you come up with some cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be a vote winner around here. Speaking of votes, <laughs> you are on job tonight, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I turned up ready. We, I mean, it, uh, politics, eh? Politics. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I've been speaking to a friend of mine who is a politician in Switzerland, and she's saying, from afar, this is mad. This is mad. What's going on? And I was like, I don't know. And yet, most people will probably think that Labour are going to overturn the Conservatives in the polls, but not one person. <laughs> because you won't be voting, will you? It's not that I won't be voting. I just cannot vote for Labour as it's currently constructed. Can we be honest? Can we be honest? Um, so there's this idea that kind of the, the natural home of people of colour in this country is the Labour Party. Um, can we also be honest, if you walked up to 100 people in the street right now in the centre of London and asked them what the Ford report was, they would think it was something to do with cars. 
Or, or actually, this part of London, they might think it was something to do with like the Leicester fly half. That was for you, Dan. Tom Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom Ford, sure, whatever. The, the Ford Report is a report into um, racism, specifically anti-black racism within the Labour Party. And what it was leaked and what it showed was that the party was racist as shit. <laughs> no, honestly, it really did. Uh, and there was a letter by a number of prominent black MPs within the Labour Party, um, Marsha de, de Cordova, Diane Abbott, Clive Lewis, I think Dawn Butler put her name to it as well. Because Keir Starmer was like, he threw it into the long grass. You have to be like Ash Ketchum from Pokemon to find that report. You're never going to see it. Because what it showed was that all the time that they were boosting stories about anti-Semitism, which was right and they needed to, they were ignoring anti-black racism. They were ignoring Jess Phillips, who kind of um, was making up stories about Diane Abbott, who will... If there is something about uh, white women, she will be there. When it's black women, she is curiously silent. And it's especially uh, awkward when you consider that her role is as a shadow secretary, I believe, of women. I cannot vote for a party that is... You know, you remember Street Fighter 2? And there were people that would be like, I'm a Ryu guy. And there were other people who would be like... I'm a Ken guy. It's like, they're the same character. They just have different colors. The Labour Party as it currently is just seems to be the conservatives, but wearing a different color. Um, like we have got a, 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 a ruling party that has been in power for 11 years. Energy prices have just raised to, uh, we're only wearing duvets in the house. Don't be asking for the heating to go on levels. We have a prime minister that when we were suffering with the worst levels of depression, we were having to watch our loved ones uh, be buried in on um, Zoom, uh, were shubbing all over the place, were, were having big pies. It is absolutely awful. And what have Labour been doing on this very day? What have they been talking about? They've been taking shots at the left of their party. They have been saying, they've been spreading this lie that the former leader um, wasn't committed to NATO, even though it was on their last two manifestos. This is a bit in the weeds. The point is, is that, like, I, like, and I, I predicted Brexit, and I also predicted the Trump leadership, and it doesn't take a genius to work it out, because what I said is people are tired of voting for the least worst option. You can't tell me vote yeah. for the least worst option or the boogeyman is going to come in. Because at some point, if you've been living in shit for so long, you go, do you know what? Chaos might be a ladder. You couldn't tell the people that were living in the east part of Hull, oh, vote for David Miliband or Gordon Brown or the shit's going to get worse. Because if you've been to the east part of Hull, you know it's an absolute dump that there are empty storefronts after empty storefronts after gambling shop, after kind of cheap food store, after empty storefronts after the empty storefronts. And we've got uh, a Labour Party that doesn't stand for anything. Go and ask people that vote for Labour what they stand for, and they'll tell you that they're not the last iteration of the party, and they're not the Tories. Well, sorry, people won't vote because you're, you're not something else. And as a black person, I, to be clear, I'm not going to vote Tory because I know one of you is going to try and make a joke that kind of I'm ne the next <laughs> quasi quarting and that my edges ain't tight and all that shit. I would never, ever, ever 
vote Tory, but that means I won't vote for a Tory that's wearing blue, and I certainly won't vote for a Tory that's wearing red. How many people need to die before you reconsider that? How many people died when Tony Blair went into Iraq? So if, we, if we're talking body, if we're talking body counts, that, but in, talk, in terms of the current situation, the lesser of the two, the lesser of two evils, in certain times, is something that's worth voting for. Do you know <laughs> somebody else speak? I need to gather myself before I before I respond to. So that. what's the alternative then? Is there an alternative? That, that's the question. Uh, well, and, and this is an interesting thing because we've like, got a two-party system right now. So what is the alternative? And if the alternative is chaos, then brilliant. I'd be all over that. I think we've been dying for a revolution. In uh, yeah, I mean, revolution. Is the, <laughs> yeah. that's, that really is yeah. the only alternative. People it's, just have to hit that rock bottom to where they will take direct action to make yeah. it worse. 100%, but I don't really want to see that many mass casualties. We've already had that for the last two years. And that's the difficulty because in people feeling so desperate and so out of options that you have these communities up north who have actively voted against their own interests, against mm. things that they know probably aren't, aren't best for them just because they needed some kind of change. It's th th like, the, uh, what choice then do they have now? They like, is it, uh, well, if I U-turn on my, my vote last time and now I got, got to go back to Labour now. Malcolm X said, if you stick a knife nine inches into my back and pull it out three inches, that is not progress. And he goes on to say some other things. The the thing that makes me laugh is that this current Labour Party would deride the uh, Tories for sticking the knife in nine inches and pulling it out three. And then they would talk about their ambitious plans to pull the knife out seven inches. That's the party that I can't vote for. Because do you know what? Like, if you're gonna fuck me, then fuck me. But don't pretend that, like, don't say to me, do you know what, I, I'd love to not fuck you, but I just can't stop my penis. Like don't that, 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 and that is but the Labour Party. They, they are they are there just kind of creating a situation where they're kind of saying this. They're saying very loudly what they are. And I was raised around black people, and there is a famous black saying from a very famous black woman that says, "When somebody tells you who they are, believe them the first time." And whether it's abandoning the ten pledges that he kind of said that he was going to stick to whether it's the Ford report, whether it's the the absolutely insidious thing that they've done by kind of tossing the Ford report into the long grass and kind of doing this hier hierarchy of minorities. I will not vote for a party that kind of is so clearly not going to change anything for the better. So what what is what is the alternative though? Because we always come on here and we talk about things that are bad and a lot of the time we try to offer a solution. Community collectivism. Right. Um, Look at look at we we started off talking well not we didn't start off we, when we talked about um, Tandiwe Newton and um, black women the solution isn't looking to the Labour Party the Tory Party the solution is Dora's like I want to go for a run let me get black women running with me yeah um, the solution is boy you know a lot of the best um, entertainment on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube this is it's black people. And then other people come and try and jack it, but they do it themselves. The solution is if you go to a place like Hull, you'll know where the creatives are because that's, they create those environments. It's community collectivism. And that's a nice thing to make people's lives better day to day, but my kids are sick. Exactly. So what happens now? I, like, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't eat and heat my house. I can only do one or the other. So my question is, is, is that situation going to be different under Labour? Is it, are you going to feel yeah, better? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Well, you know it's better because as much as like you can slam them for what they're in now, like the last time they were in, it was better. 
for like it's steadily slid because a lot of the measures that were happened were either just allowed to lapse, defunded, or have, have slid and it's slid to this point. Like that's I'm not saying they're like the they are the shining light. Of course not. But that's that is an unarguable fact. Like you know, it's what's interesting about even this right here, the fact that we're like, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? I also, I mean, America's basically exactly the same i mean we call it different things but we've had you know this two-party system since forever and democrats and republicans are basically just two sides of the exact same coin um and in fact they used to be the reverse yeah. of that coin not too long ago so that shows you how bullshit it is but i think that we've gotten to the point in society in both of our societies now where politicians know the sweet spot to keep people where they can keep them down and oppressed, but not so bad that they will actually be willing to lose their lives, sacrifice major things. It's like, we're just coasting on that comfortable. So you keep flip-flopping between these different political parties. And then went until the winter hits. What but, led yeah. to the um, global crash under the when uh, Tony Blair and then Gordon Brown was in power? It wasn't, Tories, it was it was deregulation, right? That that's kind of what the analysis has shown is that deregulating the financial markets, allowing them to make these huge bets and then follow on the huge bets to try and follow um, to try and make up for their losses. Um, and the reason I kind of point that out is because yes, having a uh, Tory party in power for the last eleven years has been absolutely ruinous. But in the same way that Donald Trump was very, very bad for America, a lot of the weapons, a lot of the mechanisms that he used to make it awful, they didn't come under mm. Democratic, uh, under Republican presidents. I, I, um, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Like, I'm not having that. I'm no, not no, having it. No, I'm no. not having your excuse the last 11 years because, oh, I'm not, well, I'm not excusing it. Late. I'm not excusing it. But what I'm not going to do is say that. Um, blue devil bad, red devil good. No, was, no one was saying no that. No one was saying that. No one was saying that. But you, you can't say. You, well, you just, said my kids, my kids are sick now. And my question to you is: It going to be better under Labour? And I don't think, from what we have seen that they have put out, that you can say with any certainty that the answer is yes. Well, they've not put out any policies because they know they've not had to. What's been going on largely is is Brexit, and they know the the Tories are just pulling themselves apart. So they've literally not even. I don't think they've had a manifesto. They know they've not had to. They're waiting. It's three years till an election, so they don't need to do anything. They've they've got they've established this poll lead without because I remember for for a year and a half, everyone's like, "Why is this guy not doing anything? He's not doing or saying anything," and that's the frustrating thing for people like you and I, who like, I want you to do something. I want I want some kind of positive change, some kind of sign of well, something. Well, the issue is, isn't it? The last few years, if you look like the last let's say seven years, there's always been some kind of election around the corner. And we haven't got that right now. We haven't had that for the last year and a half. So why would they be in PMQs? Why would they be getting up onto a podium and talking about what they would do? Right now, it's just making sure that everyone can see how poor a job the Tories are doing. And then when the election cycle comes around, come up with your ideas, come up with your plans and explain what you're going to do to make this better. But right now, if there is a lesser of two evils, I'm 100% voting for it. One of the last things I'll, I'll say on this topic <coughs> is that it's been really interesting looking at the American late night shows um, post-Trump mm. because obviously when Trump was there every night was Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah. There, was, there are real problems with the presidency of Joe Manchin. I'm sorry, Joe <laughs> Biden. Uh, 
That was deliberate for those of you that don't follow US politics. Um, there are more people that have died uh, under Biden's presidency, and you can argue that the uh, COVID fatigue and da da da. Um, but the the point I'm making is is that for a lot of people, the thing about Joe Biden is that even though things are like empirically not better, they feel better for them because you don't have somebody that is so overtly racist in the White House. That is exactly how Trump supporters felt. It didn't matter that things were were, were awful; they would feel better because it was a, it was their team that was winning. And I I often feel that in this country, when it comes to politics. Labour, Conservative, doesn't matter. Just one makes you feel better. And it's it's Pepsi versus versus Coke. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just disagree. Cause fundamentally, because if you look at the periods of history, Labour are never in charge, but they're always getting like, like, and I don't, I'm not this person who's always going to vote Labour, like by any stretch of the imagination. But look at the history. They're never in power. They're never, ever in I power. Know, I, yeah. They're in power for like 10 years each time. And then the they last, come in. The last, when it was Tony Blair's government, was the first time they'd been re-elected in like 50 years. Yeah. They come in for like 10 years and then generally like they build back up like the country's finances. It's a lie that Tories are always like fiscally responsible. Like, yeah, that is BS. That's absolute rubbish. So it, it's, you know, it's, and there is an argument that Tony Blair only ever got in because he was basically uh, uh, died in the world Tory. Ding um, dong, the blood clout witch is dead, man. Some good news. Breaking news. Metropolitan Police Chief Dave Cressida Dick to step down. Fuck off, man. Get it done. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. We'll, <laughs> we'll just cut some of those in. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We've, we've, got, we've got any drink. <laughs> drinking here no we had no drink since the first pod for good re with good reason <laughs> phenomenal that might be the first <laughs> that's the first good thing Sadiq Khan has done during his tenure as mayor so uh, didn't he do the um, uh, the 24 hour uh, underground that's going well yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. I tried I tried. <laughs> Honestly, right, magnificent. That's the first breaking news we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring it home. <laughs> <sighs> love London, love Britain, love the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't as good, but carry on. <laughs> it's clunky, isn't it? Clunky. Best new artist. To white people. <laughs> 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 Little Sims. Uh, she got an award, a deserved award in general, mm. not specifically deserved. New artist, three albums, two EPs, eight, eight years, years into your career. Eight years. <laughs> it, I, yeah, I thought it's it stank of an award where we need to give her something because she keeps losing and we've got Adele coming on. <laughs> I mean, there were several things wrong with that that award show last night. Did you anyone see the award that Dave won? It was best grime slash hip hop slash rap slash fucking Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah, they had Honestly, they had a map piano. I thought they didn't have that South African DJ. Honestly, they just group every shit together, man. Like it's wonderful that she didn't win a black award, but. Come on. Urban like, fusion. <laughs> <laughs> the slashy. Like you said, didn't you say that she won this award 
because everyone recognised that her album, objectively, was incredible and probably the best thing to come out of the UK last year. But they had to give Adele the awards. They had to. Mm. They can't have anyone mm. showing Adele up. But show me the growth, the real growth. So I've, I've listened to the Adele album. I'll listen to anything that comes out that I'm told is critically acclaimed, is amazing. Tell me the growth. Tell me what is really different. Tell me what is really captivating about Adele's album. Boo. And then listen to Simbi. Listen to Sometimes I Might Be Introvert. Listen to the depth. Listen to the themes. Listen to the music. Why the desperate need to be remembered? Everybody knowing what you've done, how far you've come. I'm guilty, it's a little self-centered. People change when it's about personal gain. I stay in my lane because I'm not done with these checks. Give me what I deserve and do not speak on the rest. Don't know what has occurred and do not aimlessly guess. It's a gift and a curse to be this pretty and blessed. The music itself, the instrumentation, it's unbelievable, that album. So now we're just going to throw an award at her to keep the blacks quiet. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. It's absolutely disgraceful. We ain't being quiet, no more. <laughs> no. And it makes me so vexed because I go on social media and I see all of her contemporaries talking about this is really, really richly deserved. And it is. An award is deserved. And I'm seeing Getz and I'm seeing all these other artists talking about Big Up Simbi because she deserves her flowers, which she does. But why do all of these awards have to come with a sour taste? Always, every single time. We've done this before. When we've talked about the Grammys and who's been nominated for what and the Golden Globes and the Oscars and who's been nominated for what. And it's always for some fuck shit because they can't just admit that the black people are the best in a specific thing. It always has to be easy little bronze medal. It's some bullshit. And as, it's, as a woman, she's, she's getting it as well because I think she's lost to, I feel like she's lost to Dave before. I, I've got nothing but love for Dave's growth as an artist, but these these men can't chat to her. No, of course not. Mm-mm. They can't chat to her. Like Everyone calls her the best female MC. <laughs> like, name me three MCs that are active right now mm. that are better than Simbi. Mm. Well, this is the thing. People, I, I see all these stupid idiots with their YouTube shows and they're, they're, they're talking about like the best rappers and they're, they're, they're doing the countdown lists and they'll they just pick three guys three guys who started doing like just someone who just started doing drill last week oh it's <laughs> cold though it's cold it's hard man <laughs> shut up like, oh, he's got motives oh wow honestly okay, cool. like the way like if you go back to her early stuff mm. like bar simpson she will get people out there she would spin people on their own tracks. So 2015, she released Dead Body. Dead Body is better than anything that any of your favorite rappers have released in the last 20 years. Homeless, would you know about living on the street? Cold nights, you know, right? Nothing to eat. Figure that you wouldn't give me money anyways, even though I hear the coins rattling in your jeans. I ain't even begging no more. Fuck it, maybe I'll just make a little more. But don't judge me. God above me, why did you have me living like a junkie? Fuck, man. Do you want to see a dead body? Dead body. Mm. And that was from an EP before she really started to find who she is as, a, as an artist. Yeah. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Honestly, in terms of, in inverted commas, mainstream black artists that are making music that you rap to, because I'm not going to start to categorise things because I think it's all madness. I've really got Kano, Getz, and I'm running out of names that can really chat to her. 
and we're out here saying that she's the best newcomer eight years into her career. <laughs> Seriously. That silence from me. I was literally running my running through my head going, what other artists are there, UK, that can that can like drink in the same bar that she drinks in? And I was like, okay, well, let me open it out to America. And I was like, well, obviously, Kendrick. Because yeah, <laughs> then somebody's going to say J. Cole and I'm going to have to slap well, him in their forehead twice. There, there are definitely lesser mainstream. Well, yeah, if we're just talking about mainstream. Mainstream, mainstream. The kind of people Kendrick, that are going to win awards, yeah. Mm. Kendrick would be the only one, I would say. And Kendrick himself, when he was over here, he was talking about how cold she is. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. It's the uh, King of Hearts. A couple of albums ago with her, Chip, and Getz. And I love Chip. And yeah, they we were, all love Chip. They were all of these artists, yeah. we just being honest. They were mouth breathing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were mouth breathing on that track. You know, it was long. It's long on that because I don't know the order in which they recorded the, the verses, but they knew that I had a sim- to come correct. Do you remember when they the, the, on the documentary, the Big Pun documentary, where they talk about when all the rappers heard his verse on John Blaze and then they all went back and rewrote <laughs> theirs? Look at me go. Everything stops when you look at me go. All rappers need to quit talking about legacy. I don't give a fuck about what he or she sold. Switch might just bag your bitch. Got bodies and bags and shit. Better tread carefully, and I mean that shit. You can you can fuck around and get smoked. Ship didn't go back and be right here, did he? No. <laughs> Mouth breathing. Not what she can do though. I mean, what like if it's going on her album, like what happens? She goes back again. <laughs> Uh, you know, you just gotta wear it, but. Yeah. But the best new artist category, I think in any award show has always been controversial because they're rarely new. And then the ones that actually are new, it's like, they're garbage. They're just garbage. So I feel like it's always the throwaway category when, when they're like, you do deserve it, but the veteran's gonna get it. So we'll just give you this one. Was it 2019 when she lost out the Mer- on the Mercury today? Possibly. The Mercury's quite a mad one. Mm. Mercury's quite a mad one in general. I remember um, Frank Ocean lost out on the Mercury to someone mad. Someone absolutely mad. And I remember at the time, like, this like is Imagine gonna, Dragons or something. This is gonna, <laughs> this is, yeah, I was just like, this is going to age like milk. I don't understand what, what the thing is, but because I really like Dave. I don't love Dave, but I recognise his, his qualities. I understand why he is as revered as he is, but neither his first nor his latest album were as good as Grey Area or Simbi. Like, just let's be completely honest. And it's not just over here that it happens. We have it with Rhapsody in the States. Yeah. Yes, she's not a household name, but we're talking about these award ceremonies are supposed to recognize quality. They're supposed to recognize mm. what is the best music. And Rhapsody can wrap rings around the vast majority of UK rap artists, of US rap artists, sorry but she'll lose to a fucking Young Thug album or something. <laughs> it's madness. It happens over here, it happens over there. It's black women again, man. Yeah. It's black yeah. women It always lose out in these situations. Rhapsody should have a Grammy. Simbi should have an Album of the Year award from the Brits. It's, it's madness. But keep bringing 
Black Mums is on stage because it's mm. gonna mm. they're gonna keep stealing the show. Yeah. So well, big up Simbi, honestly. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the industry. <laughs> I'm Please. mad at the Brits. Like, the I pod. spoke to a friend yeah, yeah. who is who is in, who is in the music business, and he said, "Look, we just celebrate that she gets her flowers. Yep. Those of us that know know. No one was ever going to beat Adele when you understand how the business works. But it's good to see her getting the platform. And if you see the Brits is about just giving people platforms rather than it doesn't matter the award. It matters that you're there. It's not like the Oscars." Uh, where it's like best actor versus best supporting actor. It's like, no, I am a Brit award winner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you see it as that, then it's an elevation into a, a, a elevation into the mainstream and you can see it as, as a win. Yeah, mums will have seen Simbi last night that I've never heard of her before. And I saw it at Glastonbury when you and I went to see her mm. and we were stood next to like this 50 odd year old white bloke who had stumbled across her at another festival and was just like, yeah, she's one of the best artists I've seen. Mm. Not even a big rap fan. So that's a good thing from last night. But talking of Adele, I'm still vexed at that evening with Adele, that where they had just every celebrity in the world in one room with Adele. She's a fucking plant. I like Adele. <laughs> I be... like Adele and she's great. I rate her music. Her voice is fantastic. And I love her style. I love that she's real. I love that she's just a Tottenham girl or whatever. But she's a fucking industry plant at this point. I... Well, <sighs> they do those an evening with. They've done loads of them. They've done the, not like that. No, but the, but you've got to bear this in mind. Like they're Gareth Southgate next yeah. to Idris Elba yeah. next to Samuel Jackson. Yeah, but you got to you got to bear this in mind. She is the biggest artist in the world, and she's currently she's recording. White artist. No, yeah. currently recording. Because you know the, the next next, next time Bay drops an album, yeah. it's yeah. over. Yeah. Then. But she's not yeah, the and if if yeah, Re drops no, an album, no, like no, I think we'll we'll name a new day of the week. No, 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 no. She's Adele's far bigger than Rihanna. Far bigger. Far bigger, not even close. Mm. Not even close. Uh, I, can't, uh, uh, I can't know how you can even. Say I can that. understand that, but not Beyonce. But not Beyonce. Bay Be is different. Beyonce is different. She's, she's like Michael Jackson levels. Uh, she is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. She's not. Oh, she is. But I think what you are discounting is the demographics that Adele talks to. She still talks to people Beyonce can't talk to. She I still know. does. I think Beyonce's transcended that as well. I don't know. I don't know. I think if you went to the red wall, Beyonce's got so big she can she can nah, drop M bombs and swear nah, in the music nah, now. No, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but that level. She couldn't. But I'm just Adele saying, couldn't pivot like that and still be the biggest artist in the world. Yeah, but the UK's Beyonce the, sold three times as many albums as who? As Adele. How many albums has Adele had? Don't matter. <laughs> I can what see is that's the, the argument was going to fall down? What's what's the average sales per? per how many project? albums? How many albums? Uh, no, don't do this math. It's not going to work <laughs> in your favor. Stop she right now. She, she doesn't move numbers like that, Beyonce, because purely because she you can take Beyonce to Africa and take Adele to Africa. We're forgetting that the biggest continent in the world, for yeah. God's sake, man, ain't no one's checking for Adele in yeah, But unfortunately, Beyonce is not checking for Africa, but. That's, hey, a she, she, she that's, a, that's a completely. That's another thing. I'm not, that's I'm a, not, I'm that's, not even. That's I'm not going to go there. Don't go there. I'm not going to go there. Wrap this shit up. Wrap this shit up right now. Yeah. <laughs>